This word is pretty cool. It's not original. As a matter of fact, I went to France a little bit ago to go visit my girlfriend when she was studying abroad, and we went to this church service, and it was amazing. In the church service, he had this whole lesson that really spoke to me, and I hope to do it justice because I did add some more stuff that I, that, like, I got from it that I just thought would be really interesting, but I thought about it, and I did give it to our, I did give it to our youth kids, so I'm going to do my best, but ultimately... I am your youth leader. If I start talking to you like you're a bunch of 15-year-olds, it's because I am, and I'm not meaning to. <laughs> I don't mean to, but it was wonderful. Ooh, cool. So the title of our message today is Sword Fighting. What sword are you fighting with? I love swords. Now, are you ready? Because we're going we're gonna to do a lot of reading today. And by that, you're going to watch me stumble over a lot of words. So before we start with talking about swords, we should talk about the sword. If you are able to, please open up to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I had a book here, wouldn't you? <laughs> Fantastic. So, we're going to be reading all the way up to about chapter 19. So bear with me. I do have it all up there. Yeah, we're going to go from chapter 2. I'm going to read all the way to verse 19. We're going to be reading for a while, but that's good. This is the word. we got to make sure we know what we're reading. All right. Then you, my son, be strong in grace that is in Jesus Christ, and the things that you have heard Heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to the reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one is serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to keep his commanding officers, or please his commanding officers. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown, except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmers should be the first to receive the share of crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the Lord's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people to 
of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. This is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who would indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. Among them are and who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroyed the faith of some. <laughs> Nevertheless, God's soldier, <laughs> God's solid foundation stands firm. Sealed with these inscriptions, the Lord knows who are his, and whoever confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wicked. I don't know what's so funny. I am sick. <laughs> but it's an amazing verse. So I highlighted a couple things. One is join in me in the suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one who is a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And then I also highlighted, do your best to show yourself to, show yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. This is super important. Because as we talk, there was a time in my life where I've never left the church. I've talked about that. It's actually part of my testimony. I've never left the church. I've never had a moment where I felt that I needed to. I've always found fulfillment in it. But there's a time I most certainly did not understand who God was, even in recent memory. Because I think I have a lot of biblical facts I just throw around. But that doesn't mean I really know who God is. It just means I can memorize words. I used to work at a restaurant called Plat 8. And at Plat 8, I was a line cook. And it was fun. I did that. It was enjoyable. But I never hid my faith. I even pray over people if they asked for it. I did, in my mind, what a good Christian should do. I stayed away from I stayed away from the drugs that were in there. I stayed away from all the drinking that was going on. I kept firm. Then there was a guy, Tony, who came in. First off, I love Tony. He's actually to this day he's my probably my favorite employee that I've ever worked with. This dude is wild on another end. He came in and he was friends with the chef. And the chef felt the need to let him know, hey, before you work here, I have a guy named Jeremy. He is a Christian, which should already tell you about the type of person Tony's about to be if the guy has to warn him about the faith of another. Loved Tony. Tony would come in all the time, and he would do dishes, and he said, he, he, he would ask me questions, everything, no matter what it was, all the time. Tony also microdosed shrooms every day. I loved Tony. He was on some other realm all the time. Problem was, he was smart. Like, a lot smarter than I could handle at any given moment, especially when I'm stressed out on the line. But I always felt the need to always respond and say something to him. And he would ask me some crazy things. And, like, like his thoughts on the Bible, who he thinks God is, and how can I possibly know that? And to his credit, he was very respectful about this. He, he actually was respectful to me a lot, and he, and he never did it. He said, oh, I'm just questioning you. I don't want you to lose your faith, which is really interesting. We'll get on that. He would say that. So he would ask me all these questions. He would talk about the things he's seen. 
he would talk about someday wanting to go be a shaman. <laughs> but he one day, he got me. He got me in a bad mood. And I didn't always know the answer. But I would, like, tell him something. Or I would tell him what I thought or what I kind of believed on the subject. You know, I didn't really know too much about it. Just kind of gave him my first impressions and whatever. One day he got me. And he started asking me questions while we were getting busy. And I'm and I'm doing I'm doing my line stuff. We're getting busy, and he's talking to me, which is fine. We can still talk. I'm very good at multitasking. I can breathe and walk like everyone else. I'm fantastic at it. So I'm I'm cooking, and Tony asks me. He 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 goes this one time, and I'll even tell you what he says. How do you know God's not evil? And I'm like, what? Because to me, as a Christian, that's pretty out of the realm. Like no Christian's ever going to ask me that. Like no Christian is ever going to look at me in the face and say, how do you know God's not evil? It's just really not something we really talk to each other about. None of us believe that. But Tony does. And he hits me that, and it confused me. Because I'm like, I don't think I've ever really had to answer that question before. How do I know God's not evil? And I'm sitting, I'm like, Tony, and I start giving Bible stories of God doing the good, and, and God doing things, and saving Israel over and over again, or Jesus dying on the cross. I'm like, these are all good. And then he hits me with the weirdest thing in the world. He says, well, isn't sentience a good thing? And you gotta, and shrooms will help you recognize that. Maybe God was trying to keep all the knowledge away from people. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I'm really busy right now, Tony. And he said, and he just goes, he says, no, no, man, it's not that hard. Just tell me what you believe. And at this point, I'm paraphrasing. This was about 10 minutes long of us going back and forth. And at one point, I got so aggravated because I have, I'm busy, I'm doing things. He's asking me questions that are kind of a little above my pay grade at that point, more than I knew. I'm not going to lie to you. I realized that is God good was a lot harder of a question than I gave it credit for. I kind of took, took that answer for granted, or that question for granted growing up, because I've always heard that. In that moment, I realized that was a lot harder of a question to answer for somebody who just doesn't know. I got so mad, and I looked at him, and I yelled, Tony, I don't know what I believe. And then I swear I heard the audible voice of God in my ear go, no, you don't. <laughs> and I laughed. My response to was yelling, I don't know what I believe. God, hearing God say, I know you don't. I laughed. Whatever reason, the spirit came upon me and made me laugh. Because it was so comical. Because like, Everything made sense to me at that point. Like, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what's going on. I'm not thinking. I literally just said what was coming from my heart. That I actually don't know what I believe. I'm just responding with every single faith that I've ever heard. It wasn't my own yet. And I thought it was. It was my parents. It was my pastors. It was my friends. And I'm just, re I'm just repeating everything I had heard up till this point. And he gets me with that. And God says, I know you don't know what you believe. I don't want that. And I looked at Tony, I laughed, because it all made sense. I never, and it's funny, never felt that condemnation. It was straight conviction of like, oh. And I laughed. I said, Tony, I don't know the answer. I'm going to find out. You win today. And I gave him the win. I know it's not a competition, but I told him, you won today, man. <laughs> point, uh, point one for whatever side you're on. <laughs> That moment 
is one of the key moments in my life that changed my entire faith. Because he hit me with stuff I didn't know, and he even brought up some, in my mind at the point, logical statements. And I'm like, that actually kind of makes sense. But I wasn't ready to give up on God, not even in the slightest. I knew who God was. I felt God to that point. I couldn't be talked out of my faith, but I didn't have any way of defending it. And he hits me with that, and I said, okay. And it's funny, he laughed too. He's like, oh, cool. Because he has no idea what I just, like, my spiritual experience. I'm like, I'll be honest, Tony. I don't know, but I'm going to find out, and I'll let you know. And he goes, huh. I gave him more things. He, he was never, it was, was more like, ha cool, man. Yeah. And then he would go back to what he was doing. I love Tony. From that day forward, that's when he started becoming my favorite person to talk to. Because I got used to the idea of saying I don't know when I just genuinely didn't know. I don't have to know everything about God. I can look it up in the Bible. Like, I don't have to have that on the thing. The power of the I don't know was so strong that I gained respect from it. People were okay with it. Because it turns out people don't always want an answer to their questions. Sometimes you just get the opportunity to show that you're humble enough to say that I actually don't know that answer but I'm willing to go look it up and see what I do believe on it. After that, I found out exactly what I believed, exactly how I thought of the Bible, what I thought of it, and some of the stuff that I was telling Tony, I had to go back and apologize because I no longer believed what I was saying, that what I had, what I had been saying as in response, I was like, from what I'm reading, from what I'm understanding as I'm deep diving, I actually don't think that's what that verse meant. I actually think I was using that out of context. I don't think that's what was being said. I apologize for that. And it was fantastic because now I'm very comfortable with saying I don't know. But the best part about it is I've spent so much time in the Word, I don't always have to say I don't know anymore. Sometimes I actually do have the answer that's well thought out. Sometimes my I don't know in the beginning is rough, and that's okay. So as you can see, I got my little sword earrings on today. Yeah, I love these things. Fun fact, I love fantasy, all of it. It's so much fun for me. I love adventures. Um, my favorite stories are coming-of-age stories and anything that has a dragon in it. I am a very simple man to please. These are actually uh, Lord of the Rings earrings. They're references. But sometimes in our beginning of our faith, I had realized that I had, I had a relationship with Jesus. I prayed to him, but I had no knowledge of him. I didn't know what the Bible actually said. So I'm listening to Jesus can I just be real for a second? Sometimes he's hard to understand, especially if you don't know what your word says. This is like a, trans, a Jesus translator. It helps you kind of dissect and understand. It's why it's there. So I realized I had my relationship. I didn't want to give it up. I love Jesus, but I didn't always know what he was saying because at that time, this was my knowledge. My sword of the spirit was small and broken. This is all I had to bring to the table. And not to knock small beginnings with enough, with enough force. I could probably stab myself with this. <laughs> but if this is all I had, then I need to know how to use it. So this is fantastic. You had that moment. And then I got a little older. I practiced a little more. And my sword got a little bit more refined. It's all long. I did not break this for uh, this sermon, by the way. This is actually a Lord of the Rings reference, so don't even worry about it. But they were $8, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But my sword got more refined. 
You know, Jesus is down there on that blacks, that spiritual blacksmith, hammering my sword, making it stronger, teaching me how to use it. So I got a little longer sword. Janae, can you do me a favor? Go behind that curtain and give me the smallest one. And you're going to stay back there for a while. <laughs> she also didn't know she was going to do this today. <laughs> I'll be fair, I didn't know I was going to do it till two seconds ago when I thought that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, just give me the smallest one. <laughs> yes! Yeah, stay back there and you're going to hand me more. And as I got older, I'm studying my Bible more. I'm working on my relationship. Now I got this bad boy, little foam boy. And you know what? It lights up. Yeah. As I'm using this, and this is the sword I'm bringing into battle now. Because, to be honest, if I'm going into battle, don't pay attention to the fact that this is foam. Which one would I rather have? Which one would you rather have defending you if you are in the midst of the battle? Probably the bigger one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as you get older, so this is a training one. Fun fact, my parents do, um, they do a lot of stuff. I just put it all under the guise of karate, but it's way deeper than that. They got me all the training swords from their thing. So as we get bigger, we get more swords. And this one's a training one, which I think is pretty poignant. You have to practice Christianity. Like, this is something you have to practice. This isn't easy. I'm, prayer, for me personally, does not come naturally. It's actually something I have to continually work on. It's a discipline that I have to come and do over and over again, because sometimes I just forget. Now I have a training sword to work on it, my knowledge with my relationship. Because if I have something like this, this is great, but I don't know how to use it. Well, then somebody who is an expert with this probably would kick my butt if I came to them with this. I don't know how to use it. Sometimes you can have knowledge without the relationship, which is what Tony was bringing to the table. He was kicking my butt. <laughs> Give me the smaller ones. Janae, there's like 10 of them. <laughs> oh my God. You know what, Janae? Just bring all of them out and just hand them to me. <laughs> yeah, you just bring all of them out. Now, this one, yeah, this one's rough, by the way. <laughs> my dad, my dad's here today. He made this one. This is actually the most dangerous sword that I'll have. The rest of them are training and fake. Um, this goes all the way through. Um, this actually could hurt somebody. This is an actual weapon. So better watch yourself, Janae. <laughs> I do that trick at work all the time. I will do that to random people. Event someday, I'm absolutely going to cut myself. But I will take knives. Fun fact, I'm a chef by trade. That's what I've done all my entire life all the way up to this point. I'm pretty good with knives. And um, I will take a knife and look at somebody. Usually I check it before I do it. But it's really funny when you walk up to somebody and just go, that every single time. It's so funny. Because they lose it. Ugh. <laughs> oh. And we got this boy, 
I got, I, I, honestly, I brought a bunch. I don't actually have one for all of them. This is really just to show off that I really love swords. All right. Yeah, another training one. This one's heavy. Yeah, oh my goodness. I'm sorry, I should not have brought all of these. <laughs> but they're super cool because you get to train them. And the cool part about the training swords is they're meant to get beat up by another sword. Because as Christians, iron sharpens iron. We do things together. We bring our knowledge to each other. What I'm doing here is great, but I shouldn't just be doing it by myself. I should be doing it with somebody. By myself, too, of course, but there's something about bringing it together because the Bible's hard to understand. I'm going to be honest with you. It is. When you get deep into it, there's some stuff that, there's some challenging things in there. Hey, let's hop back to camp for a second. They did a Bible story for the kids, and I thought it was a joke because I was like, why are we doing this story for the kids? It was the one where two bears maul 42 kids. And he said, that's what we're going to do. And I thought it was a joke because he said, uh, hey, look up the Bible and get familiar with yourself where Elijah sent 42, uh, or two bears to maul 42 people and figure out how to relate that to kids. And I laughed because I thought it was a joke. And I walked out and I'm like, relate to kids? It already relates to kids. It's not 42 people. It's 42 children. The Bible is challenging. And we get up there, and they actually did it. I thought it was a joke. And I'm like, raw. This man knew what he was doing. He had, he, he had a clear goal, and he's like, I'm here to do that. It was actually really good. It was in our video. But it was fantastic. Every other Monday, and this is why it's important. So every other Monday, Chris opens up his house and we do a Bible study. But it's not like a regular Bible study. Most of the time what we do is we're sitting there strictly to challenge ourselves. Straight up like, oh, no, I'm sorry about you, hold that. We have another guy, Robert, who comes over. And basically what we do is throughout the week, we'll talk about whatever we're feeling or whatever we're thinking about or whatever we studied. And what the other two will do and I'm not saying this is for everyone, but for us, it's fun. It helps us deep dive into our word. We're doing this the entire time. We're kind of playing the, the enemy advocate to find out what we believe. The other week, we were just talking about, is Jesus God? And we played the idea of, what would a person say if they didn't believe that? And sometimes we stumped ourselves. Like, Questions can be difficult, but we refined it as we put ourselves in a real situation. Like, what if somebody asked? That's a really common question. Is Jesus God? And when I got into it, I found out it's also a question that's not easily answered from the Bible. There's a lot going on into it, and it's fantastic. But because of that, it also, for me personally, proved to me more that he was. But I wouldn't have got there if I didn't sit in time and worried and then sat in this group and actually worked through it, worked through my faith, and not been afraid of the questions. There's a song by Josh uh, Wilson that I heard a long time ago, and it's, it's like a minute long, and at the very end, he goes, um, and help remind me that questions are not a danger to the truth. That I can ask any question, because I need to learn, I need to know, because I need to know what the Bible says. If I believe God is truth, then every, then Everything will point back to him. I'll ask a question, is Jesus God? And I'll go in there and find it. Yes. Did he send the prophets? Yes. And I keep going in there, and I keep deep diving, and I ask every question. And it's hard sometimes because it, it can be a little uncomfortable. 
to find, like, you have to ask some uncomfortable questions. I had to completely uproot my faith growing up just so I can have a stronger sword. That way I can defend myself. When the enemy comes against me, I can defend myself. With this bad boy, Jesus was in the desert for 40 years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Oh, wait, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, where's my, yeah, my bad. We're going to use this one for right now. I, I have to earn that one again. <laughs> was, in the, was, in the, was in the wilderness for 40 days doing this, actually battling the devil. When, the, when Satan gave him the responses, he's bringing out the scriptures saying, no, but it says this. And the Satan, give me this thing. Ah, oh, give me this thing. Yeah. This is a replica. It'd probably break if I beat it. It's all rusted out because we play Fruit Ninja with it a lot. Um, <laughs> this thing, though. The enemy has a sword like this. The enemy knows how to use it, and he uses it well. This is something that we should never delude ourselves on, that we would ever know more than what the enemy's bringing to the table. He knows what to do. He goes toe-to-toe with Jesus, and it's in the Bible. And it's crazy. He's bringing this. So if we were to ever do this, we also have to have something like this if we're going to take on the enemy. But it's really difficult to do. It's a good thing we're not doing it alone. We're training together. I told you Christianity is not a, not a solo sport. It's meant to be done in a group. So I think it's really important to know that we put on the armor of God, there ain't nothing protecting your back. Better hope you have another Christian brother with you who also has a sword like that. It's like, nah, man, I got you. We going down. We going down together. But don't turn around because it's gonna get rough. <laughs> this is insane to me. This is what's so important. You need to know what swords you have because there's some battles that you just aren't supposed to enter. That another Christian might have to. If I've got this, I'm more well equipped. I need to know how to use it. But I'm more well equipped to go into a battle. And my brother who's using this. There's no disrespect to this. He just got there. Now we're teaching him. But he's more, he's more inapt to fall. The Bible even says, watch out for our weaker brothers and sisters. The Bible says that, not me. We have to be careful. We have to make sure that they're protected too. If you if you bring in something like this, it is your responsibility to watch out for them. And this is super cool. I'm going to give you a little fun fact about the katana. Just because it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing. That curve is unintentional. The curve of the katana is an unintentional design, and it's actually more of a detriment to the instrument. Cool part about it, though, is Japan has something called pig iron or wrought iron, and it's an impure, it's an impure metal, and it can't be, and as much as you try, it's just, it's not good. Japan knew how to make their swords so well that this was the best thing they could ever come up with, and it's still better than most swords with a bad metal. That that curve is not supposed to happen to a sword. It actually makes the slashing almost negligible to that. They have the same exact slashing power. That can just stab better. It's one of the most amazing swords ever created because it had bad materials but a good smith. It's that strong, and it can cut through a lot. Now we go on here. This is my favorite sword. This is, uh, this is a replica sword. 
or it's not a replica, it's a training sword. It is to mimic the weight, the feel of an actual one. <laughs> and it's got two sides. One of my favorite parts about it, it's got two sides. It's got an edge here, an edge here. These ones are fine because it's fake. But it's cool. Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This is that sword. Fun fact about it, it's huge. It's also the fastest sword here. When you get down to the nitty-gritty, this thing is faster than all of them in the hands because it's directional. Both hands, and it all controls from the back. This is the sword that I personally want to bring into battle all the time. This is my favorite thing. I love this. I keep this around the house just because I sometimes think I'm in a fantasy world, and I'm like, he's laughing because he sees it, man. <laughs> We all got <laughs> He laughed because he sees. I ain't lying to you. I'll be in my room. And I'll do this or I'll walk in there. Ugh, poor mom. I'm going to be real. I stab everybody all the time with my little swords. I'll poke them. But she gets it the worst because uh, she's mom and she just happens to be there. It's not, it's not personally against her. I mean, if Kara was out in the living room more, I'd probably stab her. I want to stab her more often. <laughs> but it's a wonderful tool. This is, what, this is what I want to bring into battle. Ooh. I'm getting kind of hot up here. I decided to dress up because I thought it would be nice, and now I'm going to have a heat stroke. <laughs> but we need to constantly be studying our scriptures, constantly studying our Bible. Joshua 1, 7 through 9, he even says, meditate on the scriptures daily. Always on your mind, always on your thoughts. Because this is, what this is what protects us. We have our shield. We have our helmet. But, no one but we ain't passive. I think a lot of people forget that. Christians, we're not meant to be passive. We are warriors. Paul says it in the beginning part of Timothy. We are warriors. We are to fight. We are to defend the faith. Sometimes we represent the aspect of like, no, I'm not going to sit back and just take this line down. I'm going to fight tooth and nail. I'm going to make sure that when we're done here, you did not disrespect God with your, with your talking. I'm going to go into my word and make sure that you know when we're done that you made that choice. We're not passive. We do have swords. We are warriors. This is my message today where we have swords. Know which one you have. Know which one you're bringing to battle. I do want to close with one verse that... I even referenced earlier, but I think it's a good one to end on. Just to remember who God is in the word that he brings. And it's Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierced to the division of the soul and the spirit of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for bringing us here today. I ask that you would just continue to bless us in everything you do and everything you continue to do. Allow us to find just peace in knowing that you always have our back and that you are the great blacksmith that will help facilitate a stronger sword. That way we can defend you. That way we know what we believe. That we're not just walking around with a blind faith where we just think everything will work out, but we know the word through and through. We know the scriptures 
we know who you are. Because I don't want to just know about you. I want to know who you are. I want to know your character. I want to know everything about you. Because you know everything about me. If nothing else, that's only fair. <laughs> Thank you, God. I say you just put a blessing for every man and woman here. And you would just put extra levels of discipline in them. And you would lift us up. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. All right. It was fun having you. Pastor Josh isn't here, so I actually get to do the honor of blessing you and releasing you. But thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come up here and talk. Thank you for allowing me to even start a little late because I am very technologically unsavvy. <laughs> we just thank you for coming today. All right. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.